This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 183 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. My name's Andy White, I'm joined by Mr. Calvin Newman. Hello everybody. And today's show is a little bit of, um, look into my eyes, look into my eyes, not round my eyes, look into my eyes, you're under. You will go to my website and visit it thousands and millions of times. Yeah, pretty click much on, that. Click on buy now. Yes, there's a little bit about human psychology and some of the things, some of the kind of general rules and patterns in human psychology and some examples of some brands that have implemented that. So you can go off and try some of these things. Now, firstly, I've got to start off by saying in conversion rate optimization, there are no rules, right? There's no hard and fast set rules for what will work. However, there's findings, right? So that's things that people have tested that they have found in their particular situation to be successful. Um, But some findings are more predictable than others, right? So certain Mm -hmm. things, so many people have tested over a series of years, they are very sensible things for you to test. Now, you should always test them, but you can be fairly confident that if implemented the right way, you should see some improvements. So what I'm saying here is don't throw out your entire web design and implement something that I'm suggesting here. You should test it. But these are good areas to be testing. So there's kind of three main areas I'm sort of talking about and thinking about here. So this is kind of, um, I've got 12 examples, but three sort of sections of them. And the first of these is social proof, right? So social proof is the tendency of a... Let's kind of word this exactly. It's the definition that Wikipedia give um, for this. That's da, 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 da. I've not done that quite as I wanted it to. It's looking up on the internet, folks, oh, yeah, no, live no. on a show. <laughs> okay, so social proof is the tendency of people to assume that the actions of others reflect correct behaviour in a given situation, right? So to put that another way, it's how can I convince my visitors that they're not the only person making that decision right so what are some of the ways you can add social proof to your website um, to ensure that people are confident that they're making a correct decision i.e through social proof now a great website that does all kinds of you know successful psychological things to improve their conversion rate is the guys from 37 signals and Basecamp. Ah, Basecamp. camp yes yeah, so base camp's a project mm. management system now um, they're testing things all the time, but the the page that I've got, you know, I've used in presentations as a pass as a screenshot that I think is worth doing is they ha- kind of have a relatively simple landing page, and they they have you know more people in more places manage more projects on the web today with Basecamp than any other app, and this this is the clever bit here. Last week, thirteen thousand five hundred four companies kicked off new projects using Basecamp, and I'm presuming they're getting that figure straight from the database. Yeah, I mean, I would you, you would hope that there's yeah. kind of a level of accuracy there that's going <laughs> just, on. They just hard code it. In. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's the same every week. But no, um, but that's really interesting, right? So what they've done there is they've said, you know, there's all kinds of bits and it's a more, more, more. But it's the, the, you know, repetition rule of free stuff. But there's also, I think, the important thing to take away there is thirteen thousand five hundred four. Also, kind of quite nice as well by doing the four rather than like yeah. thirteen hundred. You know, yeah, thirteen thousand. Yeah, um, it, you know, is clever, right? So they've they put that, and so what that does to me as an individual is I am not the only person who's buying their software. In fact, you know that in every case you're not the only person buying the software, but it just 
it decreases your potential objections. And that's what a lot of, I think, sometimes this is about. It's not necessarily convincing you on its own, but it's about reducing potential concerns that you might have. And that's a great way of doing it. It's kind of exposing the wisdom of the crowds in a way, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, another way that's really easy to implement social proof into your site, and Raven SEO tools is a, a good way of looking at this, is kind of testimonials right so testimonials um so if you look on the raven homepage, they'll have a picture of someone who is a customer of theirs with a lovely quote saying raven is by far the most superior and comprehensive seo tools that we have found to date right that's what they've got there now you'll see software services companies doing this all the time right where they've got testimonials from their customers but pretty much any business could benefit by including on their pages ideally the home page but also product pages as well pictures of their customers with positive comments about them and that's good for social proof right because what you're doing is you're increasing the likelihood that someone believes that other people have made that decision previously and they were happy with it that's good cro to test there as well um but what about it potentially being a um you know that's quite complicated some of those ones to get testimonials from your customers or to you know include a live bit that talks about how many customers you've got well a really good sort of way of doing social proof is using the um you know some of the facebook plugins that you can get right so wish.co.uk which is kind of a gift experience company in the uk and i know the guys who run it it's kind of in many ways the perfect example of all kinds of these implement you know implementations psychological understandings but what i really like is on their product pages they've got the facebook plugin simple but the logic is that it shows you the faces of your facebook friends who have liked that company Right, we're all used to doing that, but are you doing that on your product pages? Because when someone's umming and ahhing about that product and they can see that five of their friends like that Facebook page and presumably have bought from them before and presumably are very happy with that process, suddenly, potentially, I'm a lot more likely to purchase from that company than I would have done previously. And that doesn't even really take any clever coding. That's just cutting and pasting a bit of Facebook <laughs> JavaScript into your site to do that. So it's worth getting a Facebook page for your product and it's worth using the JavaScripty yep. plug-in-y bits, yep. embedding bits to put yep. it in your website. Definitely. Wow. And I'm, a Groupon, again, they do this really well as well. So that when they're talking about their deals, they talk about the number of them that have been sold, right? So they talk about 96 bought or 75 bought mm. or 150 bought. Is there ways on your site that you can talk about that show that this was the best seller last month or this sold 150, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be huge numbers. I think sometimes people are scared to do this because, oh, I'm a small e-commerce company. I don't want to say that only 50 people bought this last month. Um, that's better. It's better to say 50 people bought it than none, right? Because people know that there were other people who bought it and, you know, it, it, it's this social proof. So that works really well. So there are just a couple of ideas of ways you can implement social proof. Talk about the number of customers you have. You know, use testimonials with photos from your customers if you've got a good social profile pull that social data and those you know people use faces on your pages and facebook makes that pretty simple to do and also talk about the number of times a product sold even if it's perhaps not that high a number it just reassures people so on to my next broad theme um, this is about loss aversion right so loss aversion um, to use the technical term as defined by ever reliable wikipedia is the disutility of giving up an object is greater than the utility associated with requiring it. And I love utility. Hang on, let me get my head around that. Okay, so basically it's saying that the the disutility, which is kind of the negative emotion of giving up an object, is greater than the positive emotion associated with acquiring that, right? And it's actually often double, right? So we feel that, you know, the the dissatisfaction that we would have from losing a five pound note mm. is the same sort of emotional impact as 
the positive impact of finding a £10 note. Okay. You see what I mean? So people hate, basically people hate to lose out on something. So the question you've then got to be asking yourself is, well, how can I make my visitors think that they'd be losing out on something if they didn't buy? And I think sometimes we always talk about what the visitor is gaining by mm. buying from you. But actually sometimes you can be more successful to be thinking about what they'd lose if they didn't buy from you. So here are kind of some examples of that. I mean, the travel companies are absolutely amazing this in, in pretty much every situation. But one that I really like the implementation of is laterooms.com in the UK. Um, and if you go to any page of their site, if you look at a particular um, hotel room and you're looking at the different rooms there and they have a little box that says, hurry, we've got just five rooms left at this time. Now, you don't know that there's only five rooms available in that hotel or there are only six, mm. right? Whether it's like actually, you know, only one room of six sold, you, that wouldn't be quite so impressive. But by simply putting, there's only five rooms left. And, you you know, it, it's a really good thing to be thinking about, about kind of stock. So, if you know, you're running low on stock, make that a good thing, not a bad thing, right? Mm. You're, you're running low on inventory, make that yes, a good thing. Yes, hurry, only three left. Yeah, exactly. Even are, are, you you're to lie, are you allowed to lie there, Kelvin? I, I wouldn't recommend. Here, yeah, so. I wouldn't recommend it by any stretch. I don't know, like legally, quite how it works, and that'd be different all over the world. But I mean, I think practically, you want to be honest with people. But it's about kind of adding clarity and illuminating the truth. And the truth is that they only have five rooms left at mm. that time. It might well be that there were only five rooms available in the first place, but that doesn't really matter. That's yes, that's fair enough. Another great one is a, a website called Qwerty. Um, so that's kind of like. Um, QWERTY like on the keyboard but rather than a Y it's got a double E right yes. it's a Q-W-E-R-T-E-E yeah. yeah and they're a t-shirt company and what's really clever it's built into their business model this idea of loss aversion and scarcity I think sometimes scarcity is a better way of thinking about mm-hmm. loss aversion um, and they have t-shirts which are only available for 48 hours for the first 24 hours they're cheap and then the second 24 hours they bump up a bit in pricing now whenever you go to their homepage or go to the product pages it's got a live clock there counting down how long it is till the price rise goes up and how long it is till it becomes no longer available and after that point they cease to sell it now of course there's obviously a you know i think they're kind of printing on demand so they don't really there's not really any wastage there um but you know it's a really good way about kind of like can you add a time limit you know a deadline and if you've got that deadline how can you do that really well i mean another good example of that kind of scarcity deadline is Amazon. Um, and they do it whether you're a prime customer or not. But if you're a prime customer, they make it a little bit more obvious. Where if I'm looking at a product, you know, they've got a little bit of text that says, want guaranteed delivery by 1 p.m. on Friday. Order it in the next six hours and 11 minutes. Again, the 11 minute details mm. kind of adds to it there as well. They don't well. quite go down to seconds then. No, they don't quite go down to seconds there. But, you know, again, it's just about making clear a deadline. And hopefully that's just one of those little extra nudges that get someone to buy a little bit sooner or buy now rather than defer, think about it, and then not make a purchase. Mm. Or, you know, not buy now, think about it, buy from someone else. So that's just, that scarcity is a really good way of doing it as well. And yeah, Argos, who are kind of a, a high, high street retailer in the UK, I think do this particularly well as well, where they've got kind of, if you click on um, their products and kind of check for stocks, a stock availability check is good for loss of version, right? Because people are good, you know, it's there, right? Mm. It's an option. Not everyone has to use it, but a lot of people are going to check the stock there before they go in and make a purchase. Now, you go online there, you check the stock, it tells you that there's only two available left to collect you're going to go into the store sooner than, than if there was mm. 100. Or actually, it might well be again with Argos. They might only stock two at a time. They might only stock five at a time. But by putting that in there, they've done that. And also they're increasing the likelihood as well because potentially you might then buy online, which for them is in some cases probably a cheaper sale than having... you know, yes, it reduces cost of sale a bit, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that, that's a few ways that you can kind of um, potentially um, um, go about adding um, scarcity or loss aversion. So talk about stock levels, you know, add time deadlines for availability or even just time deadlines for delivery. Time de- deadlines for delivery perhaps is easier to implement than we're going to not sell this product any later. And then also as well, talk about you stock checkers if you're in an e-commerce or, you know, even kind of with service companies maybe you're a consultant and say i'm only taking on one more client this month mm. it might well be that you you know could only take on one more client even if you want you know you're sure. probably not gonna you might not be able to get that one more client mm. but simply by framing it in that way it's good um next on my list is anchoring right so anchoring is a really interesting sort of behavioral economics pattern right so basically it's the tendency to rely too heavily or anchor in inverted commas on a past reference or one trait or piece of information when making a decision right so the the scientific studies of this type of ones if i were to say to you andy um how many countries are in there they're in africa you might i don't know lots lots yeah say you say i don't know 70 right Mm. if i were first to say to you how many countries there are in africa um more than 100 less than 100 right so, and that's one response if i were to say to you how many countries are there in africa andy 25 or more right yeah now that first question will ignore that for the sense it doesn't really matter but if i said 100 to you you're probably more likely to guess higher than if mm. i'd said 25 to you in the first place even though fundamentally that shouldn't really have made any difference right so mm. that's kind of anchoring in effect there as well and a kind of good example it's almost, it's almost like preconditioning the mind to yeah. think in a certain yeah. way yeah and it? i mean yeah. you get that kind of a bit like with um you know I mean, I'll give you some examples, right? So, um, really what we're then asking ourselves the question is, how can I reference an anchor that influences the visitors of my site, right? So I know that these types of reference points have the potential to affect behavior. So what can I do about that? Well, classic one is the old knockdown price, right? So mm. the, the old cross, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The cross through text where you, um, yeah. you know, the price was, 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 was. 9.99, yeah. now 5.99. Yeah, yeah simple right you probably have thought about it you've probably seen it but are you actually implementing it on your site hotels.com do this really really well they kind of talk about the highest price it has been put it there with a cross through it in the html then show you the new price there amazon well. do it as well isn't it yeah. you say four pounds yeah. 99 yeah. another way that you can do anchoring and again software services companies are really good at this is so like mailchimp as example they've got their different levels right so they're 10 pound a month they're 15 dollars sorry they're 10 dollars a month they're 15 dollars a month they're 30 dollars a month they're 50 dollars a month they're 75 dollars a month they're 150 dollars a month and they're 240 dollars a month right now i don't know but i don't imagine that too many of the people using mailchimp are on that 240 dollars a month Mm. Mm. platform right now logic says perhaps you know or temp you know kind of natural instincts is well maybe only one percent of their customers buy that right and Mm. actually you know, no one's going to click on it, so that's a bad thing. Well, no, because sometimes the, from an anchoring perspective, seeing that there's that $240 one mm. suddenly makes that $10 a month one look like a bargain. Yes, yeah, like seem really cheap. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, you can do that as well. I mean, so that's one that Mailchimp doing. Another good example of this, I mean, I think it's a broadband.co.uk here, like a price comparison site for broadband services. They have their top five deals on their homepage. Now, at the point at which I did this, you know, they had their talk talk one, which is three twenty five a month, Orange, a fiver, Sky, a fiver, Plus net free twenty four and BT thirteen quid. Mm-hmm. Now that's quite a lot more, isn't it, for the BT one? Well, it's actually a completely different thing that BT is selling there, right? They're selling like phone and TV and mm. all kinds of things bundled in together, right? So they're not really comparing like for like, right? But suddenly, then with that thirteen pound one there, all those ones that are five or three quid suddenly seem like a real great 
bargain, mm. don't they? Yeah. So I think that it's just a general idea about anchoring is that thinking that sometimes having an expensive item on your page that doesn't necessarily sell isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, I mean, you want to test it, right? So in that, you know, the BT example or the MailChimp example, if they remove that top one, do people spend more or do they spend less? But scientifically, there's been lots of examples where that's the case, right? So if you have um, a, um, you know, like a, so you've got a £5, a five pound bottle of wine, a £10 bottle of wine, a £20 bottle of wine, right? They're your three options. People will buy the middle one in most cases. If you had, take those exact same bottles again, your 5 your 10 your 20 and add a £100 one, more people buy the $20 one, mm. right? So that, that's big, And the 100 one hasn't sold any more, right? So on one level, you're going, well, we've not sold any of those $100 bottles of wine, then we should remove it from the menu. No, it's not always the case. On <laughs> yeah. that one. And you can do this in other ways as well. So sort of like related products can work quite well. So if you've got, um, you know, on your product pages, sim- you know, on an e-commerce environment, simply putting related products can kind of give you a bit of this anchoring that you've got there, particularly if they're kind of potentially more expensive ones as well. So just, that's another way of, you know, a simple implementation of anchoring. Um, try and include other prices on other products on the page that potentially if they're not, if they're more expensive, that can make the original product seem cheaper. Wiggle do this quite a lot where they kind of, add products to their page and bizarrely it always seems to be those that are more expensive which appears now Mm. i don't think that's necessarily deliberately planned but that can be a good thing um so if you kind of you know it wouldn't be that hard to have that your customers also viewed pages to kind of well when you're doing a related product one to have um three related products one is the best selling and you know well sorry two are the best selling and one's the most expensive you know you could program that that wouldn't be difficult to do so yeah hopefully that's kind of summed up a kind of general trend of some of the things you can test so First of all, it's social proof, right? So that is a case of um, how can you make people think that they're not the only person making that decision? Loss aversion, how can you make people think about what they're going to lose, perhaps more than what they're going to gain? And then finally, um, anchoring. Bear in mind that sometimes um, there can be a disproportionate influence of, of other numbers or other kind of reference points on decisions that people make. And, you know, that normally is a high price um, affecting the average price that people spend on things. Well, there you go. Marketing tips. Cool. Marketing psychology. Yeah. Hopefully really useful anyway. So what are we looking at next time, Mr. Um, Up next, we've got kind of, I know people love it where I share tools. So I'm going to be sharing 12 tools, kind of harking back to our previous episode about kind of content strategy. So 12 tools that potentially can make your content marketing, your link building, your blogging a little bit more successful. Coming up in next episode of Internet Marketing. So that's it from Andy White. And that's it from me, Calvin Newman. And we'll see you all again very soon on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Goodbye. Cool. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six or one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.
What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of one to ten, with one being completely straight mm-hmm. and ten being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. A-Cast, 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 A-Cast recommends. recommends.